Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. He this week, Booksmart is a new twist on a very old genre, the high school comedy. No, no, no. Not acceptable. This is not okay. Who allowed you to be this beautiful? Who allowed you to be this beautiful? Who allowed you to take my breath away? The public features a standoff at a downtown library. I am not prepared to be in a standoff with a cop. You're the one who's always like, vive la resistance. Riding the metro and getting organic food. And the keeper tries to smuggle an enemy into the football team. What sort of birth neck? It's a well wound. Poor lad can hardly speak. And also, I have a light cord. He's German. You're not, are you? Yes, I am. Hello, I'm Simon Morris. At the start of every film career, there's a mystery. How do you start without a track record? How do you get a track record unless you start? Here you are, a potential cinematic genius, but no one will give you any money to make your first film. It's dispiriting. So what can you do with next to no money? Often the answer is call in your friends. Hey guys, what are you doing for the next year or so? It certainly worked for Peter Jackson's bad taste. God, guys, put that thing down. Let's get in there and hit the leader. And it also seems to have worked for a rather less blood-spattered Kiwi movie making its debut at the International Film Festival this year. Births, Deaths and Marriages was made by an indomitable pair of young filmmakers, writer-director B. Joblin and producer-editor Sophie Lloyd. We lost Cranmer. What? Oh, we know where she is, don't we? I thought you left her in the other room. Yes, I did, but she's dead. I don't understand how this happened. I was only gone 20 minutes. Like many filmmakers with an acting background, their debut is a multi-character, multi-plot gang show movie. It helps that they know a lot of actors, including Bee's mother, Geraldine Brophy. The cast list looks like a who's who of Wellington theatricals, all given their moment to shine. As the title suggests, Births, Deaths and Marriages is a family get-together movie in which anything can happen, anything can go wrong, and it'll get worse before it gets better. In this case, the wedding between Sinead and Dean hits a snag when the groom panics and flees. You know, constipation's one of the five stages of grief. I don't have constipation. Oh! 
the family members rally around Sinead. One of their number goes to the shop for supplies and returns to discover Grandma has died in the interim. Meanwhile, another relative is ensconced in a paddling pool, sorry, birthing pool, on the verge of having a baby. Well, maybe it was a little early to get into the birthing pool. I mean, you haven't even had a contraction yet. I had one you? at 9.30. You sure? I mean, it could have just been gas. The narrative device for births, deaths and marriages is that the whole day is being shot on trendy wobble cam by Aidan, partially for posterity and partially because it might work as the start of his movie career. Meta or what? Why are you filming this? Posterity. Needless to say, it's a bit rough round the edges. The film took five years to complete and the fact that it made it to the finish line at the film festival is a small Kiwi miracle. But so is the film in many ways. Juggling so many mini-plots is no mean feat and filmmakers B. Joblin and Sophie Lloyd have not only pulled it off but made it entertaining, even occasionally unexpected. He seems sorry. I found the way he whipped quite moving. <laughs> It could have used one strong central story to pull the other ones together, maybe, but that's what a second film's for. Go and see Births, Deaths and Marriages. It's fun, but I think their next film will be better. Meanwhile, out in mainstream film land are two more films also dependent on the filmmakers knowing people. Booksmart and the Public were made by well-known actors, Olivia Wilde and Emilio Estevez, who clearly called in some favours. So no one's being held against their will? No, everyone is here because they want to be here. Everyone is here because they want to be here. Or would it be safe to assume that some are not of uh, sound mind? I mean, you don't need to be mentally ill to know that it's freezing outside, Detective. Also, a little film about an unlikely sporting hero. The Keeper was a World War II German soldier who ended up playing for Manchester City. But first, Booksmart. Why is it even a thing? Dude, this ring is not a thing. Don't knock it until it's you've tried it. Thing. Don't knock it until you've tried it. We are not one-dimensional. We are smart and fun. Woo! Is there an American teen movie plot more hackneyed and overdone than the high school comedy? I can think of American Graffiti, The Breakfast Club and Clueless. I can think of Mean Girls and Superbad. I can think of 21 Jump Street, Spider-Man and High School Musical. I can think of, well, right now I'm struggling to think of any American teen movie that isn't about graduation day. I'm a bagger. Hand sanitizer. Check. Chapstick. Check. Mace. Listen, it is very important that you keep the safe. Oh! Ah! Don't touch your eyes! So why are they all so successful? Well, partly it's because you can't go wrong with a coming-of-age storyline, and partly it's because each year or so, the rules completely change at high school, and the best movies reflect that. The latest Booksmart rings another change as well. Are we going to go to school or? Nope. What's two plus two? Isn't it crazy that it's the last day of school? Are you kidding me, Samantha?
The two best friends forever in Booksmart, Amy and Molly, aren't the usual freaks, geeks and outsiders who often star in a high school comedy. They're two high achievers who, while the rest of the class were revelling in sex, drugs, drama club and cheerleading, concentrated on getting into a good college. We have to go to a party tonight. What? Nobody knows that we are fun. We didn't party because we wanted to focus on school and get into good colleges. And it worked. But the irresponsible people who partied also got into those colleges. Our two heroines are Amy, lesbian, out but crippled with self-doubt, and Molly, pushy, plus-size and proud of it, and dominating. Like its male predecessor, Superbad, Booksmart's story takes second place to their relationship. This is female friendship writ large. She's got a really cute smile. Go talk to her. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Sharp elbows. Not as sharp as your chin. What? The other role model for this film is the classic Clueless, particularly when it comes to laying out the background characters at school. The trick is make them extreme, but make them believable. Prepare to get bashed! Not in like a violent way, completely consensual bashed. Prepare to get consensually bashed. They'll say I'll have them change it. But times have changed since the clueless 90s. There's now diversity up the wazoo, from enthusiastic LGBTQ characters and wealthy idiots to borderline inappropriate hookups between teachers and pupils. Make thy plans to attend the drama department's summer program, Shakespeare in the Park. King Lot. It's what we did in my summer program last year in Barcelona, when I lived in Barcelona. The arc of the story is essentially watching Amy and Molly go from social pariah swats to, wait for it, only the most popular girls in the whole freaking school in one night. We haven't done anything. We haven't broken any rules. Name one person whose life was so much better because they broke a couple of rules. Picasso. He broke art rules. Rosa Parks. Name another one. Susan B. Anthony. God damn it. But to get there, there's a lot of road to travel. They have to find the address of ultra-popular Nick's party. They have to negotiate a clothing makeover, some suspicious-looking white powder, not to mention hijacking a sinister gentleman's car. Tonight is your night. What is this? We asked the questions! Oh, my God. How old are you? Does not matter! The film goes like a rocket. Pace isn't the problem with most high school movies, but it's rather better than you think, thanks to a director who knows exactly what she's doing. Olivia Wilde made her name acting in these films, and she's obviously been paying attention. Booksmart is bristling with imagination and smart ideas. It's the last day. We got you through high school. I need to go over the end of the year budget numbers. Can't we just graduate, head off to college? That should do it, right? We will persist. I can't hear you. I can't soundproof glass. And it doesn't hurt that Olivia Wilde can call in some old friends to help out, like her husband Jason Sudeikis as the school principal. But in fact, the key casting is at the front. The star performances of Caitlin Deaver and Beanie Feldstein as Amy and Molly. No, 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 not acceptable. This is not OK. Who allowed you to be this beautiful? Who allowed you to be this beautiful? Who allowed you to take my breath away? No, I'd never heard of them before either, but they take the eye and ear from the start of the movie and don't let go until they're well-deserved happy endings. In a year of you-go-girls, these two are on their way. 
say we're having a date night. Hi, it's funny your parents think we're boning. What you two have is special. We are going to show each other how much we care about each other. We'll probably just do a Korean face mask. I don't need to know all the words. Emilio Estevez is the good son of respected Hollywood actor Martin Sheen, the prodigal bad son being the notorious Charlie Sheen. While Charlie was partying high, wide and handsome, Emilio was following in Dad's slightly earnest liberal footsteps and making well-meaning movies like The Public. Morning, Nick. Morning, Mr. Goodson. It must be really nice to have a job where you get to sit around and read all day. It's all drunks and crazy people. I sound a little condescending. Emilio has at least put his money where his mouth is, writing, directing, producing and starring in a film that defends an institution under attack around the world, the public library. I need a colour photograph of George Washington. I'm looking for a globe of the Earth. Isn't there a life-size one? I'm looking for a list of laws I can break that would send me back to jail for a couple of months. These days, thanks to Kindle and the Internet, the original purpose of the public library to be the source of literature, information and culture has become subservient to another social need. It's a place where the homeless can go, particularly in winter. Sir? You're going to have to put your clothes back on. There's nothing but blue sky. We've got a situation on three. This guy is really nuts. In the public, Emilio Estevez plays the hard-working librarian, appropriately named Stuart Goodson. His less committed young assistant, Myra, can only see the nuisance value of the clientele, like the naked man bursting into a few choruses of I Can See Clearly Now. You know, never seen him in here before. Are you going to do something about this? Because he's kind of ruining the song for me. Why don't you take this one, Ernesto? No way, amigo. My job description doesn't say anything about handling no naked dude. But times are tough at the public library, under fire from the city council's budget cuts, not to mention a malicious lawsuit against Stuart. It's the worst possible time for the weather to turn dirty. There are a bunch of guys fighting in the men's room. Athena, time to go. I'll leave when I'm damn good and ready. The unidentified homeless man was found dead just outside the doors of the public library. Well, that's a stock character in this sort of film, the ruthless TV reporter who'll do anything to get that story. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Homeless guy Jackson puts the hard word on Stuart. It's too cold outside. There's nowhere for Jackson's friends to go at closing time. They're staging a sit-in. When it gets this cold, I don't know why they don't just let us stay here. Mr. Gustav, i got to talk to you. There's not enough shelter for us people on the street. Who is us? We could all come stay at your place. There are a lot of cop cars. Is everything all right? Suddenly, the public turns into a standoff between the powerless and the powers that be, with Stuart caught in the middle. Into two more predictable players. Alec Baldwin is the overworked police negotiator and Christian Slater is the unscrupulous politician. The library has not been sanctioned an official emergency shelter. So now is probably not a great time to come and get my library card. So come on down. Bring this is Detective Bill Ramston. Sooner or later, you're going to have to open that door. They're not coming out of there unless we make them. 
Now, at a time when the so-called liberal elite of Hollywood are apparently conspiring to topple the far-from-liberal establishment in Washington and their supporters, you'd think they'd muster some better arguments than they've done so far, or at least make better, stronger movies. Where are this century's Frank Capra, Sidney Lumet, Ilya Kazan or John Huston? to be in a standoff with a cop. You're the one who's always like, vive la resistance. This is bigger than riding the metro and getting organic food. You can't argue with the motives of Emilio Estevez, but you wish he'd land a few harder punches on the scoundrels and maybe forego the facile happy ending he offers here in favour of a tougher, more nuanced script. After all, he must have the West Wing's Aaron Sorkin in his address book. We're a public library, not a shelter for the homeless. Why do all this? For what? I don't know that we still matter. There's a moment in the public when Stuart Goodson marshals a literary big gun, John Steinbeck's Grapes of Wrath, against an ignorant journalist who's never heard of it. Yes, it scores some cheap points, but it also underlines the fact that we're a little short of equally powerful modern-day equivalents. Use it to get some food, maybe a room. You're going to offer me money and then tell me what to do with it? How do you know what I need? (laughs) The Public is one of those films that you want to like more than you do, the sort of campaigning dramas they don't make anymore. Emilio Estevez is hard-working and sincere, and he sticks closely to the classic movie rules. The trouble is, those rules don't apply anymore. Maybe it's time for something new. Tell them this is a peaceful demonstration. Look, why don't you just hand the phone to the guy that's doing all the talking? I don't want to talk to the police. <laughs> <laughs> It's always a bad sign when a film can't decide what it's going to be called. Last week saw a film called The Etruscan Smile change its name at the last minute, wisely in my opinion, to Rory's Way. At least people could pronounce that. And this week sees a film called The Keeper here, while elsewhere it trades under the name Troutman. I didn't know him as a soldier. I only know him as a man. If you look past the fact he's German, you'd see he's just someone doing his best to put the past behind him. The filmmakers obviously assumed Troutman meant more to me than it did, but of course I'm not German or a keen student of football history or a citizen of Manchester City. If I had been, the name Bert Troutman would probably be far more familiar. The Keeper opens in 1944. In the north of England, dance halls are being bombed. In the north of Germany, starving soldiers are being captured by invading British troops and sent back to Manchester prisoner of war camps, including one Bert Troutman. As long as you are here, you will be put to work to compensate for the suffering caused by the war. We know your sort did, Mr Troutman. Now, that's the vindictive Sergeant Smythe who runs the camp and is played by the faintly familiar actor Harry Melling, the Harry Potter films. Look him up. He's joined by other British TV faces who, along with a smart idiomatic script, lead you to assume it's a British film. But, in fact, it's a mostly German production, albeit almost entirely in English. Play for the people who have accepted you. Play for your son. 
go out there and give something back. Jack is the district grocer. He's also the manager of a struggling football team. And one day he happens to see Bert goalkeeping at the prisoner of war camp and has a bright idea. Long lot in the goal. It's not bad, is it? This lad could save it from relegation. This is not about football, Dad. He's a German. You can't just ignore that. Needless to say, this being at the end of the war, people's feelings are very raw and unfriendly towards a German soldier playing for the team, especially Jack's feisty daughter, Maggie. To me and everyone round here, you're still the enemy. You, play football, keep your gob shut. What's up with Bert's neck? It's a war wound. Poor lad can hardly speak. And also, I have a light cord. He's German. You're not, are you? Yes, I am. Now, one of the drawbacks of a comparatively low-budget film like The Keeper is the lack of big-name stars. But the best solution is to find some talented, attractive unknowns. And the two leads, German David Cross as Bert and Scottish Freya Marvor as Maggie, couldn't be better cast. Who's the bloody goalkeeper? You think you just play some football and everything's forgiven? Forgotten that you robbed us of our youth? Instead of going out dancing, we're to spend our evenings in a bomb shelter. I mentioned the script before, usually the downfall of a non-British film purporting to be from Blighty. But the dialogue and characters are pitched perfectly, while the German eye view of the over-familiar England after the war setting adds unexpected grace notes to the usual clichés. I'd rather have danced with you than stood on the battlefield. What is it with boys in football? Football is like a wonderful dance. It's bloody barbaric. Not if you look closely. Do you have a girlfriend? No. No girl at home. Bert initially struggles to win over the local football team. It helps he's a world-class goalkeeper, of course. And along the way, he also has to persuade Maggie that he's no longer the enemy. What did Thompson want? He wants me to come to Man City for a trial. I think you're pulling my plunker, Bert. <laughs> the stakes are raised further when Bert Troutman is offered a contract to play for Manchester City. Suddenly, Bert is under even more scrutiny, particularly because he was such a successful German soldier. There are secrets in his wartime career that he'd rather keep hidden. Manchester City goalkeeper, Bert Troutman. You were awarded several medals, including the Iron Cross. I need to know the truth. The truth about what? About you! Football fans don't need to be told that the story of the keeper is mostly true, give or take a bit of poetic licence to keep the story ticking over. Bert Troutman became a footballing legend in both Manchester and Germany. There's no war in this dressing room. But that's not why I enjoyed it so much. Real life is all very well. It takes something extra, in this case two winning performances and a smart script, to turn decent raw material into a delightful movie. And sometimes that's all it takes. And on that note, it's time to go. I'm Simon Morris and I hope you'll join me at the movies same time next week. Mm. 
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.